Hello and welcome to another week of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And uh, we're in November. I cannot believe how quickly uh, it feels like time is going. Today I'm recording this podcast on Election Day. So hopefully you all got out there and exercised your right to vote. I did that this morning. And of course, it is unfortunately volatile times and hopefully we can work toward unity but um that's something that's going to take a while i suppose um but we are in november and of course you know we shouldn't be just thinking of giving and generosity in this month because of thanksgiving coming up but of course it's natural we follow the calendar and you know we'll we'll hear about different food drives and uh donations needed especially this time of year um but as i said it would be great if we could contribute what we can throughout the year um whenever we can um, so this week, um, my guest, I often like to talk about how I know my guest, and this is one of those rare occasions where I've never actually met my guest, but it was through a connection. Uh, Mary Ray Patch is someone that I know from doing, uh, we do comedy together, and uh, we've done some work at Scranton Improv. So Mary recommended, I was I was lining up different guests, and she said, you know who you should talk to? Uh, so she suggested that I talk to my guest today. It's Kristen Cozen, who is the... Uh, uh, and I forget the title wrong, Kristen can correct me, executive director of Meals on Wheels, um, community services of Northeastern Pennsylvania, and she oversees the space at Olive. So welcome, Kristen. Well, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. And so is that, is it executive director? I mean, I'm sure you're not hung yes. up on titles, but I want to no, get it right. <laughs> not at all. But yes, executive director is fine. Okay. So I want to get into all the great things that you guys, I've known about your organization for a long time. I know you do great work in Northeast PA. Uh, I want to talk about how the community can help, what's going on. But first, um, if we could, just for the listeners to get to know a little bit about you, I know before I hit record, you said that you've actually been in this position now for about seven years yes. uh, there at Meals on Wheels. Um, are you from the area? What led you to this position? Just tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Sure, no problem. I was actually um, born and raised for the most part in Wilkes-Barre. Um, I graduated from Wilkes-Barre Catholic schools, uh, two of which technically don't exist anymore. St. Aloysius Grade School and Bishop Hoban High School, which is now consolidated into Holy Redeemer. I then actually graduated from King's College. Um, but in that time I did study abroad um, in Austria, specifically in Innsbruck and Vienna. And I went to graduate school in Europe and um, I ended up getting married and came back to the East Coast. And I actually landed in the Metro Baltimore, Washington area. And um, my degrees and studies are in business and international relations. And um, I ended up working in Washington, D.C. As, as a young married professional. And I realized very, very quickly having had a kind of growing up in that service, the idea of service was very, very important in my family, just from both sides. My grandmothers were very influential in that. Um, but I also always, always um, volunteered for churches and and for CEO in Wilkes-Barre all throughout high school and college. And I did quite a bit. And I realized that, you know, I could use my powers for good, not necessarily evil. And when you spend a year or two in, in I kind of accidentally became a lobbyist in, in DC and I, I 
I didn't feel really good about myself at the end of the day. And so I ended up, long story short, I, I realized that I really have a professional and personal desire to really provide for the basic needs of, of human beings. And I, I feel that strongly the economic base and, and uh, potential for growth and the road to equality and, and true civil rights for all people is based around the idea that you have to provide for the basic needs when you can't um, feed yourself or close yourself or house yourself. How do you grow? How do you become a, a productive member of society? How do you help fight for others and, and really help build up communities? So um, I ended up, I'm, I'm an expert in affordable housing, um, which is a type of real estate development that focuses on the the construction or, or preservation of affordable housing based on income. Um, so I am an expert in that. And I ended up just by kind of luck and my, my second husband and um, this position kind of came to me and I thought it was a right, it fit all my, my criteria. And so um, I'm in my eighth year. I just finished my seventh fiscal year. And so we are now, you know, heading to that 10 year mark. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a lot. So a couple of things I want to say in common. Okay. Both of my schools are gone. <laughs> uh, similarly, <laughs> Holy Rosary. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Hannon has merged. I think it's Holy Cross. And, Probably, you know, with yeah. <laughs> Bishop O'Hare and Dunmore, one of those deals. And, uh, and I taught part-time for about seven years at King's College. So, and I'm doing some work with folks down there around removing stigma around opioid use. So a uh, great institution there. Um, what, wonderful. What a great background. So you got to study in Europe um, yes. that, and I do want to get to all the stuff you have going on meals at Meals at Wheels, but I want to, it's such an interesting journey. You had all this unique experience before you came back here to the area, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful. Um, what was that like for you attending school there? And then also the whole uh, idea of working in such a busy area in DC and Baltimore before returning back to Northeast PA. <laughs> um, I adore uh, Eastern Europe, Western and, and Eastern Europe, but specifically the Eastern part of Western Europe. Um, my child is is half Austrian, uh, but half Viennese because, you know, the Viennese are a special type of Austrians, I we always say. Um, but I absolutely, it, there's an idea of kind of a social collaborative or collective. I, I hate to use, especially on a day like today where I'm trying, you know, we all want to be as it is election day, as you said. Um, but there's an idea of a social fabric that really creates the sense of community. And I'm a coffee lover and a, so that type of, you often hear about the Parisian cafe culture. And I will argue that Vienna does it better and does it times a thousand. But this idea of this walkable life was very um, 
pedestrian in the sense that there was access to transportation. Again, those basic needs being provided for, and then you build the infrastructure around it to improve your quality of life. So I think unknowingly that experience affected what I, what I did, you know, in the later years. And, and I absolutely love Baltimore and Washington. Um, I do a lot of work still, you know, helping people in, in that area, but um, I always had a fondness for Baltimore. It kind of reminds me of the, the Philly, a little scrappiness to it. And uh, um, it, it has that row house. It, it just, it reminds me as like an Eagles fan and you, you get kind of a, I always say it's, it's kind of like a Southern Philly. Um, and I, I loved, I, I really loved being kind of a, a, a small fish in a, a big pond with a lot of other really smart fishes. And, and we all kind of work together and, and, you know, having the leader of the free world, like five blocks from where you would work or, or do stuff. And that, I think it keeps, while most people would say, no, I think it keeps those uh, of us with humility. It keeps you a little bit even humbler because you know, the next person next to you is fighting for something similar and, but they may be smarter than you and a more experienced or a different experience. And there's, there was a respect and appreciation. And I think, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later, almost, I still don't like driving. <laughs> I hate the fact that I have to drive so <laughs> every day, 81. Like I, I just dread it. Um, I miss that pedestrian thing, but I love being near my family. And I think this is a great area that has so much potential for even more human growth and, and um, economic growth. And oh, we're so like, we're so well located. I, I can't wait. You know, you hear about the train coming. <laughs> yes. I, I, like, oh, that's, that's it's so exciting. Um, I, you know, uh, and my family is here and, and I got to be here in my grandparents' final years. And so all of that stuff, you can't, I don't think there's a price tag you can put on those experience. And I'm still close. I could go down and see my former colleagues and my colleagues and my friends, you know, so I, I like being here. I, I'm, I, there's some, you know, things still adjusting, um, uh, you know, especially on uh, in this time of year, you know, traffic and weather and and all that stuff. It's a little, it affects you a little bit more when you can't hop on a train or a subway. You know, yeah. so I think one day I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll be okay with snow tires. I don't know <laughs> when that's gonna be, but you know, <laughs> you figure maybe by the time I retire, I'll be good with it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I love, I agree with what you said and many things. I mean, I've, I lived, I've lived in Scranton my whole life and a part of me, which is I, I mean, I've traveled, but I've not lived elsewhere. And I, there's part of me that does miss that, but I have always been a fan of this region, the people. Um, I think there are great people here, this great talent. Of course we have our problems, our issues. And to the point about pedestrian, I wish we could work on that. Um, because as someone I, I run out there and it's like, it's not always pedestrian friendly, you know, I mean, getting around the city and Sometimes I almost feel like, you know, the, uh, some of the drivers want to run you over, but, 
So we do need right. to work on that. And I hope that train comes because we've been hearing about that for a long time oh, here in Scranton. <laughs> feel like we were like writing letters as, as grade schoolers to, to Harrisburg about it. Like <laughs> I just, I, it's probably a way false memory. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's triggered by just wanting that so badly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, and I, I'm probably one of those frustrated drivers that, cause like, I just don't like to drive anymore. I just, I'm with <laughs> you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and it makes me actually, um, I don't travel like I used to visiting friends that live far cause I get driving anxiety and I can't stand it. It makes me feel so old and limited, like without freedom, but it happens, you know, so it a does. train would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it just feels like, yeah because we're so close and it's like, you could see it. You can look on a map and you could see it. And um, I don't know, I just think that diversity and access and like getting, you know, our kids and our, our, our elderly and our being able to have that kind of a different way to see places that, you know, we're, we're a little bit restricted on right now. It's, it's a little, you know, and we're in some trying times economically and, you know, with a labor market. And so I love to advocate for things that, that provide access and really help others see, observe different realities yeah. than their daily. Because I always say, listen, daily life is, is an exercise in moderation and boredom right? Like, <laughs> wow, that's fair. I have never heard that. That's very interesting. Now I'm going to be thinking about that later. <laughs> right. Right. And you, once you get it in there, it's going to be hard to get it. So I apologize. In <laughs> that's a great way to look at it though. But I love the, the aspect of what you're saying to open people up to different things. I think the more that we can do that, the, I, I think the more we'd probably get along, you know, um, that's what it takes to yeah. learn about other people's experiences. Um, on that note, I'd like to ask you, tell us a little bit about, I mean, I know people probably think when they hear Meals on Wheels, it's delivering food to people who are, are homebound, but I know you guys do more than that. And then you also have something called the Space at Olive. First, yeah. tell us about um, what's going on at Meals on Wheels, uh, if there is something specific we can help with now, and then what it is that you do throughout the year. And I know you do a lot, so I know that's a big, <laughs> big thing to fill. Um, so we've, we've Meals on Wheels of Northeastern Pennsylvania was one of the very first um, agencies that was created to satisfy the federal mandates under the Older Americans Act. So that was really, that act really provided uh, for the needs of the, the greatest generation. It was really about honoring and respecting and having these you know, as, as our population ages and, and we as a, a government and a community provide for that. So um, currently we serve over 1500 clients. We provide meals to directly to clients in their homes or to other agencies in four counties. Um, we are based in Lackawanna County, as you said, in Scranton. Um, but we provide um, meals to clients in Wyoming County, in Luzerne County, and we partner with Pike, Wayne, and Monroe County and, and assist with their 
uh, home delivered meal programming. Um, so in addition to that, you know, so we have this, as you, you mentioned the space at all, we have this 50,000 square foot building in um, downtown Scranton, or what I like to say is extended downtown Scranton. We're almost there. Let's extend that downtown. <laughs> um, and we, in that we have a full production commercial kitchen. Um, we have a staff of 30 um, plus hundreds of volunteers um, and they help and they really implement this kind of robust set of programming that's developed around providing not only for that basic need, which is that meal for the, that person who ha, is uh, through no fault of their own and, and through all this set of conditions, whether that's age or, or disability or um, lack of transportation, they can't provide for their basic needs. So we provide this meal in addition we provide pet food for, you know, almost a hundred clients every month um, because we want to reduce that food sharing and animals are emotional support. I mean, my, I call, we call them our go girls and boys, our, our family pets. Um, I call the deer and the bear, my, my outside, my kids. <laughs> so they have quite a fondness for the, the, our furry friends. Um, so we provide pet food service. We're also expanding and partnering with um, our friends at the NPA Pet Collaborative, um, which is you know administered and run in partnership with the Scranton Area Community Foundation um, to provide um, respite services when clients with pets go into um, a healthcare facility, and we need to you know, help foster or identify or transport pets, either whether that's to the vet or to a temporary foster or to find placement in, in the sad event that a, a, a client passes away. And then, you know, just help with all of that. So that's very exciting. Be also, we have a great set of community um, uh, health initiatives, which include our um, CHOMP meal program. And we partner with the medical students at the, the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine. And we do um, what, what we do everything. We do some personal care, light personal care, housekeeping visits. So we have staff and volunteers who do that. The medical students um, do health intakes and, and surveys and visits and help identify um, things such as fall risks or change in mental condition, change in physical and help assist clients who are isolated really. So they have someone to talk to who, you know, we don't always want to call our doctor or we don't have the way to call our doctor or we're busy. Or if you're isolated, it's, it's an anxiety inducing thing. So that program is incredibly um, close to my heart. And, and that was the brainchild of our um, senior director of programming, Lindsay Skripka, almost five years ago now. And um, so that's incredibly successful. Um, we also provide meals for those coming out of hospital who may live alone, where preparing their own food is prohibitive due to their mobility and their, you know, in their recuperation or rehabilitation. Um we so those are all kind of the basics and then it's now it's holiday time right so we also help with the friends of the poor we provide um 
will help prepare meals to be delivered to the nursing homes and care facilities for the Christmas and winter holidays and some of the spring holidays. We, um, we do a blanket and gift drive for our clients. So all of our 750 plus clients of, of our, who receive meals directly from um, ourselves, not necessarily our partners, we do a blanket and gift. So it's socks and toiletries um, that we desperately need those, the word search. Everybody loves those, you know, the word search books, you get them at the dollar store. I've been giving those to my parents who are my dad's 85, yes. my mom's 77. I didn't honestly, in the beginning, I didn't think my mom would do it because she gets, well, she gets bored. They have been doing them now for like a year. They love them. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we need we need all of those and we put them in in gift bags and we deliver them as a holiday gift so that our clients, it, you, they get a little a piece of the holiday when, you know, many of them don't have family either in the area or it's difficult for travel or um, they simply can't. They're isolated and they may be the last of of their family that that's still alive. So that's a very exciting time. So. Um, we, we love everyone's support of that. They can visit our Facebook, um, page or our website, uh, just Google meals on wheels of, uh, community services of NEPA and we'll pop right up. Same thing in Facebook. Um, and so that's a really important initiative at this time of year. And then we also just encourage everybody to donate on giving Tuesday, you know, I, I, I always say, so we have Thanksgiving on Thursday, Black Friday, small business Saturday. And then I say sleep Sunday. We just sleep on Sunday and then we have Cyber Monday, but Giving Tuesday, you know, don't be too tired for Giving Tuesday. Give to whomever you feel comfortable giving to, but this time of year, those, those of us providing the basic needs, so, you know, for those heating bills and, and food and, shelter and clothing and you know it's it's extra important because it's it's very tough this time of year um so, so giving tuesday is the day after cyber uh monday right uh, so it's right yeah. after and then is that and that's a northeast pa initiative is that through the scranton that's area foundation? that's national giving oh it's national tuesday. okay yep your thing any pa gives is the, the oh june right june that's that's our that's our local okay um, so yeah, in Giving Tuesday, I love NEPA Gives. They do such a, Scranton Area Foundation does such a great job with that. Um, and so Giving Tuesday is kind of like a reminder after you just spent five days um, shopping <laughs> to maybe take a little portion of what you have left if you do. And and I understand it's trying time. So, uh, you know, $8, $9 helps us provide a meal. And quite frankly, with inflation and and the supply chain issues and the fuel costs, um, it, you know, it's it's. I wish it wasn't such a difficult year. Still, I I felt like we were we were kind of coming out of it in late twenty one, and now we're kind of back in that. You know, unfortunate as you said, trying times. Yeah. You know, I don't have to expound too much on that. It's just. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a struggle sometimes. So. Yeah, for sure. So for the giving, giving Tuesday, it is national. Do they go to one website or do they just go to your website and they can donate there? You could donate to either through our Facebook page or our website and you could donate 
365 uh, days a year on our website. We have a donate button. We make it really easy. Um, and then any organization, you know, you should be able to donate through their, um, I really encourage everybody to, to donate as they can uh, for organizations that speak to them. And I, I think Giving Tuesday is just a nice reminder to do it. <laughs> you know, it's yes. it's kind of like it, it's it's kind of like a worldwide uh, uh, calendar event that somebody set for us, so we didn't forget. Hey, <laughs> that's great. For event, forget it. No, and hey, we have Cyber Monday, right? So it's all right. about like spend, 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 consumerism. Okay, and let's give as well, which is yep. a good thing. Um, so they can donate, which is great. Like you said, even covering the cost of a meal. But let's say locally, we can also contribute by giving to those things you mentioned earlier too, like the blankets, right? The socks, um, brand new items like that that can be handed out around the holidays. Those are a need as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think there's blankets, socks, toiletries, all of those things. Um, when we provide those, it just makes such a difference. But it's that general need, too. And all those, the friends of the poor, the missions, you know, this time of year, we want to, you know, with the cold in the winter, we do have a winter. We have four seasons in northeastern Pennsylvania. And I think it's a reminder that warmth is is both an actual physical need but it's also that that mental concept of providing somebody warmth yeah and and i i think it's 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 a great time of year because i think it's a, it's a reminder for us to check on our neighbors and check on our you know those organizations etc yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I love, listen, I'm, I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, well, I mentioned earlier, I'm working with Kings on this uh, project around uh, removing the stigma on opioid use. And I'm learning so much about uh, addiction and about uh, the seriousness of it. But there was a, a gentleman who's an author and he's been through it. Johan, I forget the last name, but Johan, he does TED Talks and he's kind of known for his quote of saying the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. And yes. I mean, I love that. But, but you know what you're referring to the warmth, there's connection. Everyone needs that human to know that someone else yes. cares about them. You know, a card, a kind word, a hug, something. It's so important. And it's, you know, listen, I think what happens too, as we, as we get older and we, we, those of us who, who have children and those of us who don't, those of us who have careers, those of us who have taken non-traditional paths, all of these things, life gets busy, right? Like we just, you know, over here, I see my, my phone and calendar, like silently just pinging away. Right. And it's, I think that's like, the perfect, I, I did, I should just turn it over. I'm going to turn it over so I can't see it. Um, but like, that's, I feel like our phones are like, we have this instant access and then we have this, this device, these devices that are, you know, reminding us every day of what we, not only what we have to get done, but what we like forgot about yesterday or, yeah. oh crap. I, I, you know, I got to vote. I got to do this. I got to all of those things. And part of what happens is it, 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 it makes us, it, and it's natural. We, we have to consider ourselves like you, you, it's that put the oxygen mask on first before you help 
those in need yes. next. You do have to provide for yourself. But what happens is when you when you over when we get into that cycle, I think sometimes we forget to top it, take a second that we don't exist with we exist within a community, whether we're, we we choose to connect with it or not. And sometimes you have to make an active a, a attempt to reengage and and to and I think sometimes and then you feel guilty. And I say everybody forget the guilt, you know. If you say you didn't, you know, you haven't talked to this party, you haven't done that, I have to go out and do it. Don't beat yourself up. Just do it. Just take the first step. Like, it, it, because you can't go back, but you can do it better today. And listen, I don't always want to do everything, um, but if I could get 65% of a day, I, I feel pretty good. And I think we're just hard on ourselves and we have devices. And this time of year, I feel like we have a chance to trigger those memories and those connections. And I think that makes us want to connect more. Right. Yeah. Like I, I just, and I think that's probably why, you know, you miss people at this time of year. And I, I feel like there's some griefs too, you know, and, and you miss way when you were a child and your grandparents and, you know, I was lucky. I had most of my grandparents until I was in my late thirties, early forties. And I'm luckier than most, but I still cry. Like I miss the crap out of them every single day, but yeah. what a great way to remember. There were these, there are people, you're part of something greater and, I just think if you have the the means, whether that's to volunteer, the mental, intellectual capacity to pick up a phone and check on your neighbor, um, you have the wherewithal to just say hello, have a great day to somebody, or donate money, or be a philanthropist. You just take those steps and you do it. Yeah. And if you fail, you fail. And you get up and try it again. Do something yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. And the pandemic, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of uh, broke the connections um, for a while, which I think people I know myself, I've been getting back out there, but like some people might still be a little bit hesitant or things aren't as they were. But I mean, they kind of we do need to get back because we need connections. We need people. We know we all, we all do. And we all need to, if we can, like you said, if we can do, even if it's just a phone call to check on someone, we do need that. Um, and speaking of community, I would like to talk a little bit about your, a little more about the space at Olive. If you could tell us what that is, how can people like utilize it? Cause it's an actual space that people can rent, I believe. Right. Yes. So, um, before the pandemic, so there's this we Meals on Wheels own this building. It was bought back in the very early 80s with support by from the Weinberg Foundation. And you know, over time, it's a building, it's a physical asset. It, it kind of deteriorated. And just through, you know, change of use and funding and all of that kind of stuff. You know, think about your own house and putting a water heater in. Imagine having five boilers. So, you know. Uh, but I happen to, and I always say this is kind of karma or whatever you believe in divine, some type of, of unseen intervention is, you know, my background is in development and construction and building buildings. And so I decided let's, let's renovate this great first piece of the first floor that decades ago was the old downtown senior center that wasn't in use any longer. 
Um, and it was just basically empty space. So we renovated, we got this um, fabulous design and we started the soft opening in late um, 2018. And then we began doing events. It's, it's a multi-purpose event and catering space. We have our own um, catering menu. You, we have audio visual um, technology available. So speakers and microphones and sound systems, and we have decorations. We have wonderfully talented board members and staff, and we could fully decorate your event for you. We, um, I, you could do up to 220 people and as little as we have a dinner tonight for a wonderful community group. And it'll be a little less than 20 ladies will be sitting down to a, a buffet dinner and they're very community. And so we're thrilled to host them. And we do offsite and through that initiative, you know, and unfortunately, we were on, we were headed for, we had number of events booked for 2020 and then the world shut down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the pandemic, I think outside of healthcare and emergency workers, we were meals on wheels. We never stopped operating. We worked six days a week. Um, I did have to, you know, we looked at sending some staff home, but, you know, we were in there working and social distancing before masks were available and it was dangerous and it was, stressful and all of those things. Um, and so it's taken quite some time to really say, when do we want to reopen? So I'm thrilled we're starting, you know, some soft opening events that people came to us, um, but we're going to relaunch for the beginning of January of 2023. So we have this great, it's fundraising space and meeting space and and banquet space, we've hosted baby showers and wedding showers and birthday parties, you name it. And it's a great neutral, right now it's all decorated in, in winter holiday, um, you know, neutral winter holiday, lots of, you know, flocking and fuzzy snow stuff on, on me every day. But, um, <laughs> you know, so, but this initiative and what's great about it is when you book an event, you hold an event, you you purchase our catering services, that goes back into the core programming of Meals on Wheels. And that means we can leverage our private dollars and our contract dollars. And, you know, it, it helps support our operation. We, we operate at a deficit every year. Unfortunately, funding and donations don't always keep up with the cost of good and goods and services. When we buy thousands of pounds of meat every week, thousands and pounds of vegetables every week. Everything is freshly made. Um, all of that is expensive. So the space of all olive um, allows us to leverage this asset that we have that's great, great location, great parking, and help support our operations and go back into our core programming. So yeah. I'm I love the space at all. I'm really excited that we're able to, you know, we're still doing, we're, we're not quite up to the 220 people events yet. You know, unfortunately, the COVID's a thing. We now have a flu, you know, we're on our way to a little bit of a flu endemic. Um, we've got another little nasty cold virus going around, but you know, that 150, 100 person, we're, we're, we're back. And so it's exciting. 
It's a really, uh, I think it's a great inventive way to use space that you had and, and, you know, to bring in some money. That's wonderful. And for anyone who's not from Scranton, I may not, it's space at Olive because it's well, Wyoming. And then the cross street is Olive. So, um, that's, that's the name there I'm guessing. Right. (laughs) Well, that was part of it. And, um, I, I just, we kept calling it the empty space. And then I, I, because my brain kind of works in odd ways. Sometimes it, I'm like space, 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 space. And so it's actually an acronym, uh, an acronym that says, uh, and it means supporting partnership across community endeavors. So in other words, it's really supporting the idea of providing a space for community members and other profits that's affordable, that introduces them to our mission it helps us support others mission and that's one of the greatest things our, in our building we we rent uh, we're the landlord for the NEPAU shelters after school program we have the fringe the Scranton fringe festival um, I personally am the president of the the AFA gallery board of directors I we we work you know I'm I'm putting it out in the universe that we're we're looking at I want the space at Olive to become a first Friday venue, you know, bring that, you know, expand that footprint of downtown, support artists, bring people in. Um, so that's kind of my whole thing is, is being the best neighbor you can be. Yeah. And, and I think, well, you've got, now you've got Danielle Fleming right next door, practically, right? Notology yes. fragrances. Oh she would God. love to see I, that extended. I, I mean, she was in downtown. I love Danielle. I mean, so now she's right, right by you guys. That is so exciting. And I, and I have to say they did a beautiful job on that build out. And, and I have to say, um, because we're kind of in that, we're not in Pinebrook and we're not, we're in that extended three block, not in really in downtown, not, but we're not in Pinebrook. And and I I look at what UNC and, you know, Megan and Andrew and and Nada and Katie and Michael and everybody at Zumo's and and Catherine at National Bakery, everybody's doing a great job. And Don Mamano, the the developer and property manager um, is doing a great job in kind of our corridor and in Pinebrook and downtown and really trying to really spur economic uh, development and I love having notology now my husband and my wallet maybe not so much <laughs> how can you resist stuff, right right <laughs> <laughs> I don't judge so you know <laughs> that's um, great <laughs> yeah so it's it's a great and I love having Lackawanna College across the street and you know it's it's really you talked about earlier and it, it's it's interesting i i really enjoy being a member of the of of the scranton community i enjoy um you know very early on somebody asked how i was going to manage a, a lackawanna county building or agency when I lived in Luzerne County. Now that you know my background where I lived in Baltimore and I worked in DC and that's, you know, and I've been all over, I kind of looked at them and said, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to make a left. 
and to make another left, then there's going to be a third left. And then I'm pretty much just going to drive straight for 23 minutes. <laughs> I'm laughing because I totally, this is deja vu. I worked at Blue Cross of Northeastern Pennsylvania, which is now Highmark. Yes. Main Avenue. I, I live in North Scranton my whole life. And whenever I would talk to people, they go, you, you work all the way down there. And they'd say, what do you do in the winter? I go, I drive slower if there's snow and that's about it. I, I bring a snack pack and cross county lines and it's all I've good. got a coffee, <laughs> but it's, but it's, that's part of the quirkiness. And, you know, most of the time you just got to laugh about it. But on the other hand, I like to talk about it because we're all one, we're Northeastern Pennsylvania. I, I just happened to be in very southwestern, you know, at the border of Maryland, West Virginia, this past weekend at a, a lovely resort property. And I was trying to explain to, to a dear friend and colleague and, and about like, we don't go, we don't go past a college. I said, if, if you're going past a college, you have a destination. It's Chicago, it's, it's Ohio, it's somewhere in Michigan. Um, you're going, you're going to Pittsburgh to a, a, a Steelers game or a Pirates game. You're taking your college kid back to school because you won't let them take the car. Um, I said, we go North and South. Like we don't go. And I think we have a little bit of that here too. Like why, you know, but I, I like to remind everybody that we're all here. We're all Pennsylvania. We have the, we have a certain, heart to us and and grit and fight and and you know I, I i always say gritty the the flyers mascot is <laughs> is the pennsylvania mascot like our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents sacrificed a whole heck of a lot and we've got to do our best and we've got to be our best and we've got to help our neighbors however that is yeah. And so that's just kind of, I live to make my grandparents uh, proud of me, my grandmother's um, proud of me. And uh, that's just kind of how I live my daily life. Yeah. And that's, that's a wonderful thing, uh, attitude to have and an inspiration to have motivation too. Um, but like you said, it's interesting you mentioned, and it's, it's something we have to work on. We said this region, it's the counties, the separation. And like you said, we're all Northeast PA and it's, it's been there for a long time. I know many people have talked about it and are trying to erase that line, but for some reason we have that separation. Luzerne's here, Lackawanna's here, but we are all in the same region and we should all want to make it better, uh, right? you know, in every aspect, because it's where we live and we don't have to separate by county. <laughs> we really don't. We really don't. Everything is great. Uh, yes, it's really, um, it, it's, it's a really special area, I think. I, yeah. I think it, but it's quirky. It's quirky. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I, I think those of us who have lived here a long time or from here, we know that. Yes. And, and I'm okay with it. I still love I this still, region, but yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and then when I'm not okay with it, I just uh, hibernate for a day or two. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Reset. I work from home. I work from home. Um, I, 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 yeah. 
I work from home in isolation with my animals. <laughs> <laughs> so in closing, as we wrap up, um, so I want to say for anyone who is listening, think of, and I will put this in the show notes. And when I promote the podcast, Giving Tuesday, put that on your calendar and, and we'll talk about, I'll put the links out there. Uh, check out Meals on Wheels of Northeastern Pennsylvania on Facebook, uh, their website. If you have uh, a need for an event space, think of space at Olive. Um, and of course, you know, if, if people want to donate, can they drop off at the building or no, if they wanted to Absolutely. give like blankets and things like that. Okay. New, and so new unused soft blankets, toiletries, all new unused those. I really want word search. I want every client to get at least one this year. So, you know, if you are listening to this, stop at your dollar store and, uh, pick up a couple and drop them off, call the number on the door and we'll be happy to come out and grab them from you. That would be great. Yeah. And I know here's a, a chopping tip. Cause when you said that I was thinking Kohl's has some of the nicest, softest, I love them. Some of my favorite like blankets um, and you get Kohl's cash, you can use them there. There's always discounts. So that's another affordable way to get some. The other blankets. one is, um, you know, who has really nice on ocean state job lots. Oh, okay. Okay. So there yeah. you go. Some affordable ways to donate. Yeah. That's yes. great. Yes. Okay. Anything else that we didn't talk about that you just want to make sure you either plug or something that you wanted to say before we close today? Um, no, thank you guys for listening. I talk a lot and I, uh, but I thank everybody for listening. I thank you for having me. Um, and, uh, thank Mary for introducing us. Um, Mary is one of my favorite humans in the world. Um, she's fantastic. Um, and I want to nominate her, um, guinea pig, Jose for president. <laughs> Jose um, is very photogenic. Isn't he? He's my favorite. And, and I, I, I feel like they, they post photos of Jose just for me, like in my brain, in my brain, in my, my little self-centered Jose centric brain. I feel like all of his pictures are for me. Cause they're all, the, yeah. <laughs> like this is for Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> He's posing I, for me. <laughs> I have to say they're pretty damn cute. I would have never okay. been interested in those in Guinea pigs, but when you see those photos, in right. fact, I think it was Jose, um, Mary did a little sh a photo shoot to promote my podcast where one of my coffee mugs, um, of course, I have it off camera, uncorked with funny wine girl. And on the back, it oh, says, I if love it, it. If it's morning, this must be coffee. And Jose gave it a plug. So. <laughs> Oh, you are so lucky. I'm, I'm hoping that Mary's listening to this and then Jose, um, does a whole campaign for meals on wheels. I'm just putting that out there. Can you see it? We can mm -hmm. put it in a little car and I, I just, he can volunteer. <laughs> and Mary's got mad, uh, video editing skills. We did a right. show recently at the ax company in Scranton and she did some nice video work, uh, for a promo for us. So I, I think Mary, I know that you occasionally listen, you and Kat. So, um, yeah. I think you have a job to do, <laughs> right? I need an official mascot. I could totally see Mary getting on that. I know. I know Mary likes to promote Jose too, because he's so damn cute. You know, he is. Oh my God. And when he dresses up, my favorite, I think is St. Patrick's day. I think those are like when he's in the little hat with the, the shamrocks. Oh my God. Just makes me happy. And I, you know what? That's what I want to leave with. I want everyone who's listening to encourage your friends and family and take a second for yourself just have a second, a minute 
five minutes, 10 minutes of laughter and gratitude a day. And just even on the hardest day, think of something or look at something and see the beauty and, and, and just laugh and, and think of a Jose, find your own Jose is, is my parting words. Yes. And that's, thank you so much, Kristen, Kristen Cozen from Meals on Wheels and Space at Olive. And I think that's a great space. Anyone who knows me knows that my business laugh to live. I promote laughter and humor through laughter yoga and positivity. And that is a great way to end because I, you know, even finding whatever it is in your day, you can always find something that's either humorous or joyful when I'm out walking or running, I love saying hello to people. Good morning. And I love that connection. If they just smile back or not and say hello back, I, it's great. So find those moments in your day because they will make yep. a difference. They really so, do. They really do. So thank you to Kristen. Um, thank you listeners. Um, coming up, we have some serious topics. I'll be talking to someone coming up, Brittany, who will be sharing her mental health story, uh, story of her brother's suicide, heavy stuff, but things we need to talk about. Um, and my friend, Lisa, who travels with the uh, clowning organization, bringing laughter. She was just in Morocco. So I can't wait to talk to her. She's a very interesting person who uh, I look at her posts and I go, what is she up to now? So she'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. So some interesting topics and, and always I like to say, I like to promote these fabulous women who have a lot of great things to say. Hopefully you'll be informed, inspired, uh, and entertained. Look, get a couple laughs and that makes me happy too. So thank you again for listening. As I always say, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.